Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me this evening is Zachariah King, all the way back from Nairobi, Kenya. Zach, how are you this evening? It's, it's all true. I'm here. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one of the things they say. I'm here. So, Zach, you got back in town, let's see, today's, su- today's Sunday, so today's a week Sunday. ago, Monday. Yeah, we we can go in a week. It's hard to tell, man. Okay, when you're plus nine hours, yeah, stuff gets messed up. One of those Mondays somewhere Mm -hmm. was thirty-five hours of traveling, thirty-eight and a half hours total of a Monday travel because the distant the direction you go. I got in the car, like walked out of the house. Yeah, the she has name house. Yeah, got in a car. At 7 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I got out of my car Uh at my driveway and walked in the door, it was 38 and a half hours later. Wow. All we did was drive, fly, or transfer in airports. Yeah. That messes you up. (laughs) Here's my question Did you leave on a Monday or did you leave on a Sunday? So, in Kenya. It was Sunday night. Okay. At like what time? The plane leaves at 11.55 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you pretty much traveled for 35 hours of Monday. You land in London. Yeah. In like early in the morning. Yeah. Then London, we flew to London to uh, Dallas. Mm -hmm. That's the one that stings. Direct. Direct. Wow. So that's like nine hours. Yeah. Nine and a half hours. Yeah. But there's only about three that go by. Like as far as time on, on your on your watch. Like you could eat lunch. Yeah. In London. Mm-hmm. Fly to Dallas mm-hmm. and then eat lunch. Sure. Because <laughs> it's the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You're chasing. You're chasing the sun. Yeah. And uh, so you get you lose a couple days in there where you just get now. Here's what we have figured out. Mm-hmm. Landing in Nairobi mm-hmm. late at night yeah. is the best. Really? Because no matter how you wrecked you are from the flight, whether yeah. you've slept or you, whether you haven't. You're going to fall asleep because you are dead to the world. And it's like, let's just land at 10 p.m. and just fall asleep. And then jet lag's not a problem. Because or it's much less of a problem. It's much less. If you can go to bed, you sleep that night, mm-hmm. you get up in the morning, yeah. whether you sleep or not, mm-hmm. you get up the next morning mm-hmm. and you do the whole day. You don't, you're not allowed to lay down until like yeah. nine. I don't 10, care how nine. tired we are. We are drinking coffee and we are doing jumping jacks so, yep. and we're staying awake until nine so or 10 PM. I'm, I'm four, eight. It's four o'clock. I'm wiped out. What are we going to do? Yeah. Like, I've got a three hour walking tour of the slum. Ready. Yeah. You got Let's it. go. Whatever could, yeah. you want to do or whatever you don't want to do. That's what we're doing. Cause otherwise you're going to be a wreck for a week. You're never going to acclimate yeah. to the time. So then coming back is the same way mm-hmm. and you just have to. Whatever time it is when you land, yeah, where you are going to stay, you have to be at that time. That's you have, what, time, that's it what is. time it is, and we're living there. And it's like I want to go to sleep mm-hmm. so badly, mm-hmm. and I can't for four more hours because yep. that's right. And you can't sit. I mean, you got to go do something. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that seems to be the way to beat it. Now, what about taking a nap on the plane in the middle of the day? The older I get, uh-huh. the more I so. <laughs> when, on the way over, uh-huh. you land in Nairobi, that's what time it is. Uh-huh. 
you got three flights on the way over and a drive to Denver. Yeah. Fair game. Okay. Wherever you sleep, who cares? It doesn't matter. So yeah. long as I'm only in London for two hours. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing anything with that time. Sure. If I sleep on the plane, I sleep on the plane. You watch mm-hmm. a movie, you watch a movie. Yeah. But when you land, it's that time. That's what time it is. And you go. So on the way back, we got to Denver at like six o'clock yeah. in the evening. Mm-hmm. We drove home and you're destroyed. Like, so you drove to junction from Denver. We had a the ministry team. couldn't chip in another 150 bucks to fly you back to Grand Junction. Well, maybe one of us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest. Don't worry, guys. I'll take this bullet for us. Um, How many were with you? We had 12. That was the big problem. So everyone was in one van or did you have two vehicles? Two, well, it divided into two groups because six of us did fly out of Junction. Oh. And flew back. But when we tried to put all 12 of us on one plane. Yeah. Out of Junction. The small, the planes are so small you can, be, yeah. So the first group had to come back a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So we bought their tickets first. Mm-hmm. And then when we went back to buy the second group of six tickets, the prices out of junction were just insane. They doubled. Yeah. You in six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no seats left. Yep. And so They're if you want to pay for it, yeah, yeah go ahead. Huh. But we didn't. So. so so do you have a sit down and a little training session with all the pe- Okay, everyone, for those of you that don't even know like who this is or what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, Zach King is the assistant pastor at the Heart of Junction Church, which is the church building that my church, Church of Grace, rents every Friday night and that's where we hold church. So Zach is the assistant pastor there. And he's also on the board. Executive director. Executive director. Sorry. Well, when you're only an associate pastor, you got to do something. (laughs) Whatever titles you can take. Okay. So the executive director uh, of a ministry called She Has a Name. So if you go back on our podcast and search for it, you can find that I interviewed the founder of She Has a Name, who is Blythe Crow. Would have been last summer about this time. Yeah, we got back. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Either way, so the ministry, what they do is they help girls get off the streets in Nairobi, Kenya. And I'm correct me, but I'm just going to explain this since I'm going here. Uh, There is a vast amount of poverty in the capital city of Nairobi, Kenya, and a lot of people who are very poor live in the slums outside of the city, which is basically a dump. Oh, yeah. And a lot of these uh, people are not able to make very much money, and they really struggle to be able to support their family. And what a lot of parents end up doing is they force their daughters to go get a job. And the only work for these girls is the oldest trade in the world, which is prostitution. So these girls end up at a very young age, as young as like 12, sometimes maybe even younger than that. I'm sure sure there are younger, Mm -hmm. but you know. Youngest one we've brought in the program was 12. 12, okay. So um, uh, she has a name, the ministry, which you can find. You can just Google she has a name. Actually, you're going to find yeah two, yeah dot, dot info dot info she has a name dot info and we should remind me when we're done we'll put it in the yeah, comments yeah. 
So if you go to shehasname.info, you can find the ministry. What they do is they find girls that are good candidates. They get them off of the streets. They get them into a home. That home has a social worker. It has a house mother, you know, kind of a lady that takes care of all the girls and makes sure everything is going well. They bunk a lot of these girls together. There's also a therapist that works uh, there at the house with the girls. And they, uh, they give the girls uh, the gospel, they give them training with jobs, they pay for their school, all school in Kenya has to be paid for, mm-hmm. there's no public mm-hmm. school, there's no free schooling, and let's face it, so many people cannot afford to send even one of their kids to school, let alone several, and the daughter's not at the top of the list. Correct. So uh, Zach and Blythe and several other sweet people from churches go over to Kenya and they kidnap these girls and steal them from their families and bring with, them over. With a little bit of permission <laughs> with, when we can get it. With <laughs> vague permissions given. I'm just joking. I'm, Handshakes. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, <laughs> winking a nod. And I'm just joking with Zach. They'll, uh, they'll take these girls, they'll get them out of the slums, they'll get them into a home where they can um, they can thrive and they can go to school. They pay for their books and their uh, uniforms and their meal. I mean, everything. You everything. just, you know, you basically adopt these girls, yeah. so to speak, as far as you take care of everything and you get the girls off of the streets. So that is what she has a name does. Again, it's she has a name dot info. Uh, so be sure to look that up. Zach goes over to Kenya twice a year sometimes once a go, year yeah i usually once. just go once okay so but either way zach's over in kenya every year uh working with this ministry obviously a big part of the ministry on the state side is fundraising always um you know and i've been involved with that loosely um you know trying to help with that uh trying to get the message out on the podcast and different things mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, there's a lot of work, you know, just trying to get in front of churches and explain the ministry and what they're doing and trying to raise funds. And then they have to go over to Kenya to problem solve stuff. Uh, most recently, uh, you guys bought a piece of property. Yes. So that was very exciting. And then you guys are putting together plans for, uh, I believe you guys are in the process of digging the well, or that's moving along. Moving along. Okay. Yep. And then you're going to build a building. Now, if I, you're okay, I just keep that, going. Okay. No, that was Any good. That's corrections really good. or additions yet? There's always additions, but okay, no yeah, corrections. Yeah. That was good. So one of the problems that they have found is that what they would do is they would rent a large house with many bedrooms, and they'd kind of make it into like a dormitory style you know, house where you could put some bunk beds in different rooms and get as many girls in there as you can. But what happens is within a year of that, roughly, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the owners, uh, find out that Americans are renting the house from them. And all of a sudden, uh, prices go sky high and they charge you outrageous amounts of money for electricity and water and the rent and everything. And they're basically running you out of business. They're hoping to make a windfall profit, but it's untenable for the ministry. Correct. And that's happened several times. And obviously, anyone that's been involved with people who have dealt with uh, trauma, you know, obviously, in this case, there's, you know, I would imagine some form of physical abuse, certainly sexual abuse going on. Whenever you're dealing with people with trauma, the last thing you want to do is shake up their entire world once every six months or a year where you oh, got to move to a new building and up change everything in your life. And it's you a bunch of stress. Schools, oh, you got to figure out how to get to them. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, just everything. Yeah. So, 
So uh, she, as a name, has been wanting to buy a property so that they can avoid this in the future. So they got the property about a year ago? Yep, last summer. Okay, last Mm -hmm. summer. And uh, now they are making plans to build buildings, um, putting in a well. Mm Got to build a wall around the city because, you know, you have thieves and lions. I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) it's it's very, very different from here. Yes. So they have to go through a lot of work and a lot of expense for that. Uh, But anyway, it's going to provide a tremendous amount of stability that they've never had before. So that is kind of what they're, you know, what they're up to. So with that, now everyone knows a little bit about what we're talking about and who Zach is and how he's involved. So uh, Zach, take it away. What did you, what was the goal for this trip and what else did you encounter? So three main things that, um, that we really, really wanted to get squared away. Okay. One, I got to start with just cause of, uh, cause of your little jab. Oh, which okay. Is, which is perfect. The executive producer. Was it well, producer? Ex- executive director. 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 Okay. But the, the, the families. One oh, of, okay. One, My one joke the, about <laughs> kidnapping all the girls. Yeah. So one of the things we learned early on, well, that, and this is sort of a, a two or three part thing. Um, but one of the things we learned early on was when girls already had kids. Oh, okay. We did not have the structure in place. Yeah. For that early to years. be able to help them. How many girls over there have kids? I mean, it's pretty hard to tell. No, no, no. Girls that you have in the ministry, not like... Currently in our program, we have none. Oh, okay. Um, But that's been a limiting factor as far as who you can accept and help. Yes. Sure. Yes, because what, what ended up happening is in order to try to help the girl who was in poverty-based prostitution, mm-hmm. we ended up dividing her from two families. Hmm. So, and you asked, you asked me this the other day. Hmm. Um, if I was going to do one thing. Oh yeah. I remember this question. Yes. yes. If I was going to change one thing mm-hmm. about Kenya as, and I'm sure this is, I'm pretty laser focused. I don't have yeah. a ton of time. No, to, no, no, I get it. So my question was, what what are your top three things you can change in Kenya? Okay, snap of your finger. Yes. To to improve society and make sweeping change in the country, what are your changes? And and I asked this question to Zach and to Blythe yes. because I was just trying to get a little bit of a better understanding as to what are the major problems we're facing over Absolutely. there. Is it sanitation? Is it healthcare? Is it roads? You know, I mean, I ha- I I've never been there. Right. I have no desire to go. Uh, let's just get this out there. I am never going to kenya other than god telling me sure, sure we don't sure. have to worry about patrick having yeah. first ex- hand experience in kenya careful okay yeah. <laughs> i gave the caveat okay and, you did, you unless did, did. god tells me so so i was trying to learn about yes. that and apparently you have an answer now i mean my answer is different than everyone else's mm-hmm. and i understand everybody's everybody else's answer okay it's generally sanitation yeah i mean that's gotta be education yeah i mean so as a plumber Mm -hmm. i mean as a this is a world that you live in oh yeah i've actually heard world-class thinkers and philosophers Mm -hmm. say that plumbers have saved more lives than doctors they really have people have no understanding of what sanitation running through the streets does 
people don't understand they can't have any they have no concept of what clean water running to your faucet oh. okay and flushing a toilet and having it go someplace where it, it can be managed appropriately people have no concept plumbers have saved the world yes yeah. <laughs> i mean don't right. get me wrong it's not like any of us invented it but somebody <laughs> right. was the first plumber yes where they're like we gotta do just dumping it in the street is not okay and until you go and see it with your eyes oh yeah it is you're like what is it hasn't oh, yeah. rained here in four days yeah right? what's this what trickling this down the middle of the street and then you look up the hill oh, yeah. and there's just a guy standing there with yeah. his pants down yeah yep in plain view of four or five hundred people yeah now nowadays in america you got to drive all the way to san francisco to see that <laughs> oh, but we've got it back <laughs> we've got it back yes god bless joe biden's presidency so so sanitation obviously yeah 100 percent education uh-huh i so not only is does everyone have to pay to go to school mm-hmm. most of the schools are just say it subpar okay sure i mean what what kind of quality are you expecting i have no idea right i i mean i have i now zach i don't know if there's wi-fi in nairobi okay Mo- moses has resources american resources uh-huh. he's purchased land and built buildings uh-huh. in mathari uh-huh. what's mathari that that's the slum okay we we spend a lot of our time in that's okay. like the, the re a the region slum, of slum. nairobi is yeah Ma- yeah, kind of the north, outskirt. It's it's sort of north um, eastern part of the city. Mathari. Mathari. Okay. Yep. M a t h a r e. Yeah. Um, I don't need to find it on a map. So he's so he's hooked up to city water. Oh, okay. okay? That's huge. Guess how many days a week? Oh my! He soul. expects it. What? Two. Really? Are they regular days? No. So you just turn it on and hope. And when you turn it on, it's like, all right, get all the buckets. Yeah. Let's start filling up the cistern. They have 10,000 liter mm-hmm. canisters yeah. that sit on top of the building. And of course, I have no concept of what that it's is. 2,500 gallons. Okay. And it's like, whenever we can, we fill that you sucker up. It. Yeah. So and the, that's your water tower. Yeah. Wow. They're just on top of buildings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have two at the She Has a Name house. Yep. So if the water's on. Yeah, great. Let's fill this thing up. Until it stops. When the water is on, is it clean and drinkable? The water that's on mm-hmm. will be clean and drinkable. Huh. Well, okay. now we don't drink it. We as foreigners as don't drink foreigners. it? foreigners. Right. But the locals will. Huh. Have you guys ever drank it and had issues? Have you, were you told not to drink it? Listen, by, white by, man. By the locals. They would do, okay. So you show up and they're like, yeah, do not you drink. You guys aren't okay. going to want to do this. You're going to want to boil that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. yep. Or, I mean, there's bottled water. Yeah. Like, there's, when you have resources, there's things you can get. But, so, so that's, that's all sort of a, that's one problem. Mm-hmm. The education component is an issue. But I think the one thing that would trickle down into benefits for both of those categories immediately. Okay. Is tackling fatherlessness. Well, I mean, I hate to tell you, Zach, that helped Baltimore too. Baltimore. I'm not sure about, I don't know about this one. Oh, I mean, Baltimore, no more than, you know, Chicago or several other 
you know, massive cities with large single mother populations yeah. and yeah. poverty. Yes. I'm just saying, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are going to, we might get to learn about a couple of the problems that I know about firsthand here pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and, and I think other than basic human there's fatherless everywhere there is but when you bring that up is it like every single family is it the you know what i mean is it almost every family so so i'll give you some statistics sure give it give us an idea i've counted personally yeah sure there were over 200 people Mm -hmm. at church Mm -hmm. so we uh inspiration is inspiration center it's a church that we're involved with there. Moses is the pastor there. There mm-hmm. were over 200 people there at church. Okay. Um, the first week we were there. Mm-hmm. There were eight mm-hmm. men, Kenyan men, between the age of 25 and 50. Out of 200 people. Wow. Eight. Mm. We have eight girls in the program currently. Mm-hmm. Two of them have met their father. Hmm. Does he live at home with their mother currently? One used to. Okay. The other one never did. Several have never met him. What is the, what's the reasoning behind that? Threefold. Okay. Number one, basic human sin. Okay. Just the idea of, I just don't feel like being tied down and dealing with this. And so instead of, you know, having a bar scene or like a college scene mm-hmm. or your, some of the ways that we go about we the, the speak for yourself <laughs> assistant pastor okay executive the, director yeah, the royal we yeah. of america <laughs> um when you're in the slums mm-hmm. i mean it's just like it's free for all in there i mean it's crazy yeah but there's five hundred thousand people uh-huh. in three square miles wow the, and none of them have electricity. No one's watching Sports Center. You can run a, an extension cord to your to the street light. To, so, uh, uh, like a, a space the size of this room. Yeah, and I know nobody can see it on screen, but yeah. this will help you out. This will be two homes. Okay, and I've been in homes that were half the size of this room that five people lived in permanently. Wow, for years at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So people literally just, this is part of their entertainment and, you know, what to do is. You're unemployed. You dropped out of school eight years ago. Sure. You're drunk half the time anyway. Okay. So there's a lot of substance abuse. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Always find money for that. (laughs) There's always a little bit. I think, so culturally, Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting thing is the dowry system. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done, I I would have to stop and think a little bit biblically about, um, did the, was there a mandated Israelite um, dowry? I I don't, I don't, um, I I don't have that one off the top of my head. I remember something in the Bible. I'm going to see if I can, you know, look it up real quick, but either way. So here's how it works. Yeah. A daughter can be useful to the family mm-hmm. in one of two ways. She can... She can produce income. Okay. By mm-hmm. getting married mm-hmm. 
and the groom pays a dowry Mm -hmm. or she can produce income in some other way. Yeah, but a dowry is kind of like a one-time. Well, it depends how expensive it is. Really? So here's what happens. Let's say you make a dollar a day. Okay, that's the my average income. Okay, for me and my family. You and your family. All right. $30. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a 15-year-old daughter. Okay. And you've set the dowry, and, and everybody else in the neighborhood makes the, a dollar a day. Sure, that's that's not just me. That's Okay, that's Three, going right. $375 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you set the dowry for your daughter mm-hmm. at... Seven thousand U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, but who is paying that? No one. So what's the point of no one gets married? I, I mean, okay, okay. Follow, follow my logic here. Yeah, Zach. This here is a um, collector's coffee mug. All right, it's amazing mint condition. What you hoot. Sure. I want $10,000 for it. Yeah. Am I ever going to get that? No. Okay, so what's the point of pricing it at that? Why not price? Because if you did get it. But I mean, are like our rich people coming to the slums of Nairobi once in a while and showing up and buying brides for seven grand? Very occasionally. Why? Okay. I mean, for me, like I never expected... You see my point. Oh, it's like, yes, why not I make do. the dowry something reasonable and obtainable? I, I'm making the same point. And so sometimes people will. And so you go, you know what? Two cows. Mm-hmm. Guess who hates that? Mm. The daughter. She knows. It's like a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Mom thinks I'm worth two cows. She thinks so-and-so was worth, you know, 25 cows. Yeah. So now there's tension between the mother and the daughter because it, I'm telling you, man, it is. If the question is, what are the top three things that you would change at the snap of a finger? One of yours would be the dowry system. So that people, Just get rid of so it. So that people could get married. Sure. So it gets worse. I've got a friend uh-huh. there. He's in his uh, late 40s. Okay. He just finished paying off. Are you ready for this? Okay. His dad's dowry so this is an inherited if your grand if your grandpa didn't pay it all up Mm -hmm. your dad inherits it your dad doesn't so you have to pay off he paid off his grandpa's Uh dowry to who i don't even know sure grandpa's wife's like grandma's parents yeah i've been dead they're dead 40 years who's he paying it to yeah so cultural you can't not do it. Like it's obli- it's obligatory. Okay. At some point it's like the woman I am <laughs> I've got these payments on is dead. It's a literally a dead horse payment. Yes. Except it's a dead bride payment. So and nobody's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna pay it. Go ahead, repossess her. I've, I don't care. I've, I've I'll send said, the keys into the bank. You can have the I, you can have I've, the home. I've gone to people and I was like why why do, why do you pay why are we continuing this i'm telling you as if i personally was an alien from a spacecraft they look at you like you're not gonna pay the dowry and they're like they start talking to each other in swahili yeah you can you're like what is this mzungu 
What is he? Ta- what is this guy talking about? What is he thinking? But so the trickle down effect of all of this is everything else keeps happening, but there's no marriages. Mm-hmm. The entire slum mm-hmm. is filled with single mothers. Oh yeah, and they have no capacity. I mean, when you start in the slum mm-hmm. and you're making thirty dollars a month washing clothes and yeah. selling avocados, yeah. And then you have three kids. Mm-hmm. I think the way out is for young men. Is birth control. To be able to marry mm-hmm. young women. The families are okay. Really? Well, when you have an in So when you're, a, when you're a solid nuclear family. In Nairobi. You can take care of the kids. Okay. Like mom is there to like physically, okay, like he's not going to fall off a cliff. She's yeah, yeah. not going to drown. Sure. Like yeah, yeah. you can get to that level. Uh-huh. Dad goes and works all day. Uh-huh. When it's just like here, you can work your way up. You, like you can get better jobs. Okay. You can get hired by other people. The, the whole country isn't just like, I mean, they got an international airport. Yeah. You can buy a Land Rover. Sure. You go downtown and there's sky-rise buildings that have cybersecurity. Yeah, in yeah. There. someone has a normal job where they're making, you know. So our our architect, okay. who's working on the land, uh-huh. go ahead, go ahead, was born and raised mm-hmm. in a place called Haruma. Mm-hmm. It's the, like it's walking distance, next door, neighbor, um, slum type area to Mathare. Never met his dad. Has no clue who the guy even is. Grew up there. Went all the way through, graduated high school. Um, so if you got a dad that just goes, you know what, whatever it takes, is if mom is here and she can make thirty bucks a month and keep the kids alive, uh-huh. I will put them through school. Okay. When someone does that, their kids make it. I mean, the guy's got a master's degree in architecture. Okay. And he grew up there. So here, okay, so number one, do the families stay together? So let's say for whatever reason, by whatever means, a man pays the dowry and it's two cows. Yeah. And he marries a girl. Yeah. And then they have a kid or two because they're a family. And then, okay, does that family stay together? Do they have better numbers than America? It's hard to tell for one reason. Okay. Legal divorce mm-hmm. is remarkably expensive and difficult. Of course it is. So they just skip. They just beat You're feet. separated. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the newest girl that we added into the program, dad mm-hmm. disappeared two years ago. Mm-hmm. He was there until she turned 13. Mm-hmm. Went out west for a trip. Mm-hmm. Never showed back up. And like, do we know what happened? No. Of course not. Is he out there? Yeah. You sure? Oh yeah. Really? But they, okay. They just. But when the families stay together, yeah. Like I don't know very many nuclear families with a father and a mother and kids, yeah. who are in the slum. Because oh. They make it out. Got it. So that was my next question: Is do they get out? Do yeah. things improve? They get a better job. They take care of the kids. The mom takes care of the kids. She gets a side job. They can move up and they can get into a real home with you know, walls and a door. If you can get to $150 a month in income and 
he's making 150 and she's making 30. Yeah. That gets you into, I mean, you could rent then an apartment in a concrete building. Got it. Okay. And put kids in school. So, I mean, we're talking about six times the income of the average person in the slums, but it's certainly doable for people that are working together to get there. The more and more I understand about the average person in the slums, right? When you run the numbers on how many people make zero. Yeah. Just a guy who says, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to take care of my family yeah. is going to be making way more than $30. So you know what's funny is we're, the the exp, the explanation that you and I are giving for poverty-stricken Kenyan slums is the exact same explanation we give for poverty in America. Yeah. Anybody that is saying whatever it takes can move their station in life up. Sure, sure. Not everybody needs to become Steve Jobs. No. Jeff Bezos. You know, I'm not LeBron James, nor am I Oprah Winfrey, nor am <laughs> right. I, you know, a lot of these, sure. you know, billionaires. Okay, but I can tell you this, my lifestyle today as a 43-year-old who has been consistently employed with the same in within the same field for 20 years is way better than it was 20 years ago for sure for sure absolutely and and that seems to be the case for so lo and behold capitalism even works in the slums of kenya it's a democratic country i don't know i have no idea there's plenty of corruption there's no doubt about that yeah but but the point is you know capitalism works no matter if there is a corrupt government whether there is a legitimate government whether there's no government the fact is you have things you want to buy and you're willing to trade money for them this guy over here is willing to produce those things and sell them to you and if everyone is willing to get on board that train lo and behold everyone has a job and everyone's life gets better but if you have the majority of people in one society which in this case are the slums you know on the outskirts of kenya and lots of people don't want to work and the ones that do want to work don't want to support their own kids yeah well then the system starts to break down yes so keep people married well think about it this get them married get them married and keep them married i mean i I think that the cultural system Mm -hmm. is set up to discourage Mm -hmm. particularly young and when i'm saying younger i'm like 25 wow i know guys that are well into their 30s who are saving for a dowry oh my soul they're not even dating anyone yet why bother? You I don't have the it. money. You got to save for a dowry first. Get rid of all that. Um, the fatherlessness is crippling re- the country. It's crippling. It is remarkable. Yeah. And crippling. Um, there's always substance abuse. There's, sure. There's every, they've got everything. Yeah. Um, they have the can, same things we do. It so, ruins. So here's Lies. the here's the here's the pull at the heartstrings thing, right? Most of the girls mm-hmm. that we have, um, let me just put it this way. <laughs> well, the, there's there's actually a piece of information I'm I'm trying to protect here. Okay, and so I'm trying to think of how to say this without, um, 
they work enough to make somewhere in the neighborhood of anywhere from eight mm-hmm. to $30 a month, depending on what the family situation is. Okay. So in my mind as a dad, I mm-hmm. started thinking of it this way. So what you're telling me is if your dad was there, you lived in the same place mm-hmm. with the same expenses yeah. plus increased food. Yeah. If he made $8 a month, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to prostitute yourself? And they're like, well, well yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how the, that's the math. That's how it works. Well, they're out. Like, you know, how much is a dollar? Yeah, I convert it to shillings. And, but they'd be like, um, yeah. Yeah, that's the case. Um, that's insane. A, a dollar a week mm-hmm. is the like the sort of the U.S. equivalent mm-hmm. is the lowest amount that that I've heard from someone. It's like this is what I need to do to to find a dollar a week so that I can pay for my test mm-hmm. in school so that I can try to graduate eighth grade. You a know, a dollar a week. Zach, it, it does not surprise me. I mean, it really doesn't. What what breaks my heart is when I think of the amount of money that gets wasted just in my circles of friends. Yeah. <clears throat> my friends, my family, my coworkers, my, you know. And I think to myself, there's enough money in this valley this valley made up of three cities, about 100,000 people. There's enough money in this valley to change that entire country. Oh, yeah. That we oh, ju- yeah. That's complete excess. We probably wouldn't even notice it if it was gone. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything wouldn't to me. Change. No. Yeah. I, could, I could affect 20 families, and I probably wouldn't even miss the money. And that's one person. I So... And this goes back to the second part with the dollar a week. So twenty dollars a week. So just barely over a thousand dollars a year. I could affect when when you pay for school fees. So so Moses's program Uh is to pay for school fees. Yeah, you're still in the same living situations, Mm -hmm. but an American or or um, an Englishman or a Canadian or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just just not bring up Canadians again. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) What are we doing here? They um, they sponsor a child, uh-huh. right? So for primary school, first grade through eighth grade, I think it's thirty dollars a month mm-hmm. for all of those years. Takes a kid from first grade through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. That's that's school fees. Now, if you have a family who can pay the school fees. But they can't pay for the extra test, mm-hmm. or they can't pay for the textbook, yeah. or they can't wh- whatever it is. Yeah, then you're starting to talk about like, yeah, four or five bucks here or there, extra. Yeah, is like, oh yeah, to change can, the can, life. She can now take the test that allows her to start high school. Yep. Yeah. So, how are you going to homeschool? Oh, it's impossible There's, when you're in that level of. You the, have no education. No. You have no uh, support. 
No, no, you no. have no. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that homeschooling in America only works when you have one parent that makes enough money to support the household. Yes. That's why a lot of people don't even consider it. Now, let's face it. In America, people just like money. Okay, so, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. there's plenty for of families sure. that could homeschool and think it's better, but they're not willing to give up that whatever extra, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> extra, uh, you know, income and money. But it's impossible in a state like that where you're dealing with such a level of poverty that every shilling is weighed out like, well, what are we doing this with? You know, are we buying oh, bread? Yeah. Are we, you know, yeah, you, you putting, are, yeah, or, or, or how am I going to get that extra PS4 controller that just broke? You know, what so, am I going to do? I got to sh- I got to save up for uh-huh, that uh-huh. just and, to try to make it relatable, to, you know, to sure, our audience. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, so then you start thinking like the prices. Yeah. Um, it's five and a half dollars for a gallon of fuel. Uh-huh. We bought two acres of land outside Home of the soul. city in an undeveloped neighborhood. Wonderful. $120,000. Yeah. Like the prices are different, uh-huh. but it's not. Um, I mean, you, if you go, if someone from that neighborhood mm-hmm. walked to a restaurant in that neighborhood, yeah. they would pay $4 mm-hmm. for lunch. Wow. And like, so you could spend, yeah. I mean, what is that? That's 12, 15% of your monthly allowance on yeah. a meal at a restaurant. Oh yeah. It's insanity. You've never eaten there. No. So, but I, fatherlessness, I think is if it's like Zach, snap your fingers. One thing, one thing changes. Yeah. That would be a big one. Dads in houses. Because that would give them the ability and the opportunity to move up and out of that. Yes. Whether they do it or not, well, we can't make everyone stay together and work hard and all these things. But what we're saying is we don't see nuclear families in the slums because they get out. Because any mom and dad that love each other and love their kids are like, yeah, this is not the goal. This is where we are. This is the starting point. The goal is getting the heck out of the slumps. And, and even, like I said, even if it's just I can pay for all my kids to go to school mm-hmm. and we live in the concrete apartment yeah. with the iron door that locks. Yeah. It's still way safer. Oh. You know, the amount of drug addiction, the sanitation, all the different things that you don't have to deal with because you got out of, I mean, it's it's an amazing step up. Yep. Moving that one step would change the entire place yeah so that's one one of the things we've been working on really really hard because we are we're we're taking girls Mm -hmm. out of their family now it's a positive for the girls yeah but it hurts the family but it hurts the family because it's one less dollar every so often they're all working sure so what we're doing is now now we we are focused we have our mission we know what we're up to we don't have the capacity to do a lot of help for the families. Mm-hmm. So one of our big deals on this trip was to re-solidify and find some new ministries and other organizations in Nairobi that we could use as support for the families. Mm-hmm. So we What's have, over there? Oh, the place is full. Now, do they have any money? Of course not. No. So they, what is it? So, well, <laughs> so think of it this way. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Let's say you're a 17-year-old boy. Uh Uh-huh. We take your 15-year-old girl into the program. Okay. Okay. Now you're a 17-year-old boy. You got an 8-year-old brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Girl goes off. She's living in a house. She's Mm -hmm. going to a boarding school. Yeah. Who knows what. 
17-year-old boy who doesn't have a job. Why not? Can he work? Oh, yeah. Could. Um, now, every situation is a little bit different. No, I get it. But, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, are there jobs? Can people go and earn money who want to and have a strong back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they, they build roads. There's... Now, are there enough jobs? No. Okay. There aren't. It's not like here where it's like people are begging for somebody sure. to come open their coffee shop yeah, in yeah, the yeah. morning. And yeah, we need, anybody yeah. To do it. we need people to work and we have but jobs. There are less jobs than there are people. Okay. That, that, that is a problem. That is a problem for sure. But if you're 17 years old and you can dig a hole, yeah. and there's... Someone's going to give you a shovel. You can find something to okay. do. Um. Where can he get a meal once a day mm -hmm. so that he can get through school? Here's a ministry. Okay. Like ministries can have enough money to have a facility, buy food, and feed people right. that aren't able to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. You eat, you can pass the tests, mm -hmm. you move on. Um, there's we have a ministry there that has a, a program that helps single mothers mm -hmm. train single mothers to start their own business and that could literally be a wheelbarrow full of avocados in front of the house sure that they sell for three cents a piece yeah but that's a whole lot better than sitting in the house with nothing oh yeah and so they have a training process that they work people through teach them how to save money Teach them how to make a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to run businesses that they can run while they're watching the kids. Yeah. And so we have a ministry that we've we've hooked up um, to help with that. Uh, we have um, a ministry where it's a, it's kind of an art camp, mm -hmm. um, painting, drawing, dancing. Mm -hmm. But the the school system is it's uh, year round. Mm -hmm. Three months of school, one month off. Three months in, one month off. Mm -hmm. So January, February, March, everybody's in school. April, they're out. Mm -hmm. Same thing continues. You get to December. Uh, the year's over. You have December off. You take your break. You start the next year in January. So during those months where people aren't in school, they run daily, like youth programs, mm -hmm. right? Just try to get somebody connected with people who are dancing instead of drinking. Sure. I'm just anything like that. Yeah. And so somebody comes back and they're like, hey, you know, I'm worried about my brother. When he's home from school, they don't do anything. Like, I don't care if he's 14 years old. Like, go get a coloring book. Find somebody else mm -hmm. to be with who does something <laughs> that's not huffing glue out of a plastic bottle. Yeah. And so we, we get hooked up with all these different ministries that have capacity to do things that we don't. Mm -hmm. So that that's one of the major the major deals on this trip. And then the land. Um, I am super, super encouraged that we will be able to sell water. Really? From the borehole. The well's that good? I Well, we don't know for sure yet. Yeah. And But even if we need to treat it. Yeah. Um, I am 100% for starting a business oh, yeah. that has income yeah. from the property oh, my soul. Could for you imagine? the girls 
Game changer. Let me ask you a, a quick question. Yeah. Is there any government oversight, like in America, that's going to slow you down or give you a problem? Or because of where you are, they're like, whatever. We don't even we don't even look at those people. So, like, does someone come by the lady's house and is like, "Hey, how many avocados did you sell?" Oh, <laughs> okay. So, inside the slum, uh huh, it's just a free for all. I've never seen a police officer. Okay. Inside of that slum, yeah. Is where I saw the guy that got stoned. Yeah. There's stole, mob rule, mob justice, just... Stole a cell phone. Yeah. Got caught. Mm-hmm. Rocks. Yep. I mean, straight up Bible times. Yeah. Hit the guy with rocks until yep. he died. Until he died. Laid him there for a day. Yep. Brought their kids. Yep. Okay, everyone. Check. Four-year-old four kid. Sure. That's what happens when you steal. Yep. <laughs> and then they walk him back to their yeah. shack. There you go. Lesson learned. So inside <laughs> inside the the slum, mm -hmm. the police are only there to get a bribe, cause some trouble. <laughs> they they see white guys driving in a van. Yeah. Yep. Pull it over. I kid you not. Yeah. We're driving forty miles an hour one day. Yeah. Down a paved road. Like, yeah. I mean nothing. Just Google going pictures on. of Nairobi. Sure. You're like beautiful pictures of nairobi city center yeah you couldn't tell it from anything in the u.s okay it looks exactly the same got it we're driving down the road 40 yeah. miles an hour yeah there's no police in cars okay. we're standing on the side of the road uh-huh he waves us over uh-huh we pull over he said that our tires uh-huh didn't have enough tread on them yep can't have that and he's seeing this mm -hmm. from 40 at 40 miles an hour as sure. we're driving down the yeah he saw darren sitting in the front seat yeah is what he saw oh yeah he wanted like 12 bucks yeah <laughs> moses moses is great so, no no take well we're gonna have to arrest you yep. okay arrest us take me to jail yep <laughs> he's been arrested so many times <laughs> for not paying now on our end uh -huh. so for for the uh for the um um on the Kenyan end, yeah. If you're selling avocados out of a, I mean, what do they care? Yeah. There's thousands of people doing that. There's sure. No, there's no money there. Yeah. There's no money to be made. So for our end, like mm -hmm. buying the property. Oh yeah. Drilling a well. Yeah. Building a. a Somebody has wall real right. money behind yes, this project. Yes. So, is it slow? Uh huh. That's the first part of the question. Yes. It is, irritatingly slow okay do they give us trouble uh -huh. no huh because we're paying them u.s dollars sure we get bids yeah just i talked to three guys about drilling the well i talked to a guy from louisiana huh who drilled wells in louisiana for 30 years yeah and then moved to kenny he's been there for 10 years he gave me the same price he retired okay and he's like i'm gonna drill these people have no water okay i'm gonna go drill sure he he gave me the same price as the Kenyan company. Okay. When when you start getting enough information, it's like, well, that's what they, the competitive yeah. price is. We we're here. Uh -huh. We send Moses and our architect to go do the deals. Mm -hmm. Um. So when you pay U.S. dollars, yeah, they'll get stuff it, happens. They'll, they'll get it done for you. But it's uh, so here here's the here's the line. Uh huh. And I hadn't heard this one before that I remember until this trip. It said Americans have a watch, but no time. Kenyans have time, 
but no watch. Mm. So, like, oh, yeah, we'll be done Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You guys can watch us poke the hole. Yeah. Well, they have no calendar I've, I've or watch. Country, or, yeah. yeah. I've been out of the country for two weeks. They yeah. still haven't drilled any. They holes. don't know what when Wednesday <laughs> is. <laughs> right. So, is it slow? Yes. But if you pay U.S. dollars. Yeah. It's going to happen. And you do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll happen. They 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 move you through so that they are happy to have somebody buy land. Sure, Dr- drill a well. Yeah, there's no there's one well with this. If you start at our at our borehole, yeah, and you draw a two kilometer uh-huh. radius, yeah, circle, yeah, there is one other water source, yeah, inside w- of that circle. within a mile. Yes, or yeah, a, yeah, very a, close a, to a mile, mile. Yeah. radius. Yeah. Yeah. Start at that spot where walk a mile in any direction. There's one other well. Wow. So they're happy to have some like someone come water. and do, yeah like, improve the land are, and do something. Are you gonna grow something? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trees. Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah you can you can make things happen. Mm-hmm. The government doesn't doesn't um doesn't really jerk us around. I wouldn't say, but it is like. And they'll always say, no matter what, oh, yeah, it's no problem. Tomorrow. <laughs> we got it. And, yeah, like, tomorrow is August 3rd, and you're just, like, still waiting. That's just – but we know that. That's just the culture. Going in. That's, that's just – that is literally just – that is the culture. That's, hey, where are you at? Mm-hmm. It, we have a meeting at 1. It's 1 o'clock. On my way. I'll be there in five minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, it could be an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, the guy's still at home. Yeah. You just got to drive through a traffic jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. (laughs) It's just like, it's just the way they communicate. So, but the well, I'm really, really, um, we've we've done all the um, permitting. Um, We've paid the amount that we need to pay to get the work started. Mm -hmm. We have 7,000 left to pay um, at completion. Mm Mm-hmm. So the permitting is all in, um, waiting for final go-ahead to pull the trucks onto the land. They, they've got the spots. We've done hydro surveys. They know where they're going to drill it. They're going to drill it. We'll see what's down there. Drop in a pump, 24-hour test. Um, so if you're hooked up to city water, and you only have it one or two days a week. Sure. And you don't know which ones those are going to be. The entire country is covered with these drums, Mm -hmm. these barrels. Yeah. And like I said, anywhere from 1,000 to like 2,500 gallons or so on top of a house, in the driveway, like wherever you can put it. Sure. And they're, they're pumping water into the house. So they have tankers. Like these trucks will pull up at a well. Mm Mm-hmm. You fill the truck. Mm-hmm. The truck drives into town to wherever the tank is at yeah. somebody's house, and they pump it from the mm-hmm. from the truck into the tank. Yeah. And so you got there. There's shillings that change hands all along the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is selling water, and sure. So it's not super expensive. Like you got to no. move a lot of it to make some money. Yeah, but still, it's a commodity that's needed. Obviously. 30 so one 10,000 liter truck mm-hmm. is 
close to the average monthly in- is $35. Okay. Average monthly income for a for a person in Mathari. Yeah. So if we could fill one truck a month. Yeah. We would If you fill two a day. Oh yeah. The the area that we're in is outside of the city. Um it's undeveloped. It, it's developing. Mm-hmm. Um but currently undeveloped. It's uh it's dry. We could sell to a nearby city. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be mutually beneficial by providing water for the community at half the price that it's currently provided at, and make profit um, for the for she has a name. We have two girls that are getting ready to graduate from college. For the first two to go all the way through school and then graduate from college, they both have business degrees. I'm like. I'm trying to talk these girls into starting a water empire. Sure. <laughs> you know, like whatever it takes. Well, but, and I mean, really, if that's what you need, like, can we build a well and build a wall around it? And like, that's our new business over there. Oh, yeah. Could now, we, ha- you know. So I, I've been kicking this around a little bit, not necessarily personally, but what I've been, I've really been working on it for the girls. Mm-hmm. Um. There are some tricks to own a, to being an American that runs a business in Kenya. Mm-hmm. That that makes things a little bit more difficult. Sure. Um, but if the Kenyans were to oh yeah there we go, if the Kenyans yeah were to operate a business yeah. out of Kenya. No, that's and, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make Kenyan chili. So, um, I think about a thousand truckfuls of water mm-hmm. is enough to buy a smaller plot of land. Because I mean, we bought this is this is the house. I mean, this is the home. Sure, this is where we're going to plant our feet for quite a while. Yeah. So selling water out of this particular well mm-hmm. wasn't even really on the radar when we're working toward this plan. Yeah. You can buy a smaller plot of land mm-hmm. that you know you could drill on. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five thousand dollars buys you the land and the well. Another thirty would be plenty, um, twenty to build a to build a wall around it, mm-hmm. perimeter wall. You employ people. Mm-hmm. I would love to see us buy some trucks. Yeah, skip the middleman, drive some trucks into town. Like I think there's really some. I think there's some some real opportunity here, and um, we'll we'll see. They need to drill the. They need to poke the hole. We need to see how much comes out. Sure. We need to see what the quality of the water is. Yeah. But after that, I'll be able to make a couple of more, um, some more accurate decisions about uh, what we'll be able to do from there. What a lot of people do is um, have a tens of thousands of liter, either an underground tank or almost literally a water tower. Yeah. Like like we would think of. and there's a ladder you go up there and it holds 84,000 liters. And a truck pulls up underneath it mm-hmm. and you gravity feed water until the tank's full. You turn it off, you make a payment, the truck goes in. Yeah. That's that's one of the primary ways that water is moved around the country. Mm-hmm. And so um more so than piping. More so than trenches and pipes. If I sold if I showed you <laughs> some now again in downtown, like mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah. You can go to a, yeah, a fifteen minute drive 
from Mathari, mm-hmm. where you're talking literally like poop on a plastic bag yeah. when you come out the door. Yeah. Um, 15 minutes into town, you show up at the mall, it's 10 bucks to watch a movie. They've got the latest, like you go watch Barbie. Yeah. Um, you go to the Java house. Mm-hmm. It's uh, $3 for a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and it's 10 bucks for fish and chips. Yeah. And then you go down and you buy a $82 pair of boots. Yeah. And Mathari is right over there. Wow. Um, it, it is. If you if you really want to see what it's like to not have a middle class. Yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> I will show you. You own a car and drive it and make you know $60,000 a year mm-hmm. or you make like $30 a month. $500 a year. Yeah. Uh, and, and live in it's it's four branches buried into the ground, sheet metal nailed to all four sides in the top. Mm-hmm. That's it. It rains. Mm-hmm. You're the inside of your house is wet. Sure. Sorry. Wow. And they, they literally there there are places where it's like those two people are separated by a highway. No way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could show you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Why aren't people in Kenya that have the means helping people in their own country? Ah, here we go. Well, that has to be a question someone is asking. Oh, yes. So, there are people who are. Mm-hmm. Um, just like everywhere, why aren't there people in Grand Junction who are, who are helping make the Grand Junction better? Sure. When you get comfortable, mm-hmm. it's real nice to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. The first year we went, um, we didn't know anybody there. We stayed at a woman's house who was uh, who was awesome. She was great. Her late husband was an American missionary. Okay. Her father was a pastor at a little tiny mountain town mm-hmm. up outside of the city. Poor, really awesome place, though. Okay. Um, her nephew drove us. There was only four of us on that first trip. Mm-hmm. Her nephew drove us around town. So we had 12 places that we were going to visit. Orphanages, slums, um, schools. We were trying to figure out, like, how does this place work? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? He told us at the end of that trip, said, I've lived in this city for my entire life. He was in his mid-20s. Um, I've lived in this city for my entire life. I've never seen any of the places that I drove you to. No way. None of them. Now, some people think that Nairobi is close to 8 or 9 million mm-hmm. as a population. And so if you if you grew up in a decent spot mm-hmm. you went through college you got a job like it's not like hey it's saturday night let's run down to the slum and see what's going on sure like those are the places you're taught to stay out of yeah so you don't go look i mean it's so shocking because when i think of poverty in america the only places that match your description <coughs> The only places that match your description 
are places in larger cities where substance abuse is so over the top that people are willing to live in a state of homelessness and live out on the street as a bum in order to continue their lifestyle. Yes. But nobody is living in that state trying to make a go of it and just can't seem to break out of it. Oh, man. So uh, government programs. Um, what is it? Uh, is it SSI? That yeah, sure. It's a you, social security like form the, of social security. Yeah, and like they'll send your check to the library and yeah. you can go down and zero. Yeah. I mean, nothing like that. There's no support so, of any form. I mean, are there Kenyans who, yeah, there are awesome Kenyans who mm-hmm. are there who are doing everything they can possibly think of sure. to help people out. Yeah. Um, Mathare is... Most people's guess is somewhere around 500,000 mm-hmm. people total. It's not even the largest slum in Nairobi. Mm. Kibera. Uh, if you want to have a little bit of fun, look up Kibera and uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> K- Kibera. Is his family still living there? <laughs> Has he decided to help out he at all? He did. I think he did once tell a joke about how he... Um, he said something about how his brother is living in the slums of Kenya or his uncle or his cousin or something like that. And someone was like, why don't you help him? You're, so you're the one with a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, so what's he doing living in a shack in Kenya when his, you know, yep. relative yep. was the president of the United so States? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my soul. So that's, that's Kibera. <laughs> Um, I mean, their guess is that that's a, a, over a million people in the slum in in that particular slum. I mean, they're sort of dotted, you know, in different places in the city for geographical reasons and all kinds of things. It's not worth getting into. But other people that are helping, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's easier. Like, I'm this is going to be awful for radio, but. <laughs> Mathare, mm-hmm. if you do happen to decide to want to look at it on a map, okay. Mathare is actually situated, when you look on Google Maps, mm-hmm. in between a place called Moy Air Force Base. So it's the National Air Force Base, is right in the city. If you, if you type in MOI, mm-hmm. Air Force Base. So, and you'll see a big sort of open area kind of in the in the eastern sort of northeastern part of the city mm-hmm. big open area there mm-hmm. so that's the air force base okay then there's a place called juja road j-u-g-a mm-hmm. just right on the north edge of that okay you go north of juja road that's mathare okay all those little gray dots mm-hmm. right then you go just a little bit north west of there. Mm-hmm. You cross Thika Road, T H I K A, which is a major highway. You see what's there? It's a golf course. Huh. So, Country Club. Country Club. So you go Country Club, Super Highway. Yeah. Destitute Slum. Mm-hmm. And then across the road from that, National Air Force Base. Hmm. So there's one other thing, though, that's in between the golf course and the superhighway and Mathari. Mm-hmm. 
the the slum sits down in a valley. Okay. It, it, it originally was a quarry, mm-hmm. um, and then it became the city dump. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sits down in the valley. So on the side of the superhighway there, if you build an, a 10-foot uh, concrete wall, yeah, you can't see Mathare from the golf course. No way. No, you can't see it. Yep. Mathare Golf Club. Wow. That's something. And so, yeah, I mean, guys are paying, you know, I don't know. It's a golf course. They don't yeah. have to water it quite the same. Because oh, there's a river rain. that runs through Mathari. Mathari River. The Mathari River. Is that, do you go wading out in that? Is that? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Things move downhill. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, yeah. Now, they do make this uh, this stuff called uh, Chunga. It's, their, uh, it's the, the moonshine. Yeah. And they'll make it down by the river there. And uh, you can fly a rocket to the moon on that stuff. Dude, there is like not even, I mean, there's not even like space to walk between. There's like literally space for like two people to walk shoulder to shoulder in between, you know, oh, yeah, those the front what, doors of these buildings. And that's just the, the ones that you can see. Yeah. So those are the concrete buildings. Huh. That's the, when you move down past the river toward the other side, Yeah. those are all shacks. Yeah. So, uh, and the top of those shacks, I mean, they'll they'll be twenty houses in there. Yeah, under those under those shacks. Wow. Twenty twenty bucks a month rent, somewhere in there. There's landowners like people own all that land, and I, you could go build a shack there and pay rent. I just have a feeling that there's not going to be a street view for some of these places. No, there's not. But Go- Google Maps didn't send their their car down there um it's uh wow it's an amazing thing but so that's across the street that's That's north yes so that is that is a public toilet oh really wow dude now you gotta pay yeah to use it wow so that would be a house well, that's a that's a pretty decent place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's, that's outside a, of the slum. That's north of that in an area that oh, you can yeah. see. You know, yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. in the slum. Right. Yeah, the slum is to the south of that. And, and I, I tried yeah. to find a place where Google no, Maps no street did have there. yeah did have a car that went by. I mean, they have, <laughs> you know, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So if you turn to the south, that's what. You yeah. see, that's yeah, the so street can, view so, to yeah, the south. Yeah, so this is, so that's actually cleaned up a little bit. There's some trash there, but yeah, those, so the, the tall ones are concrete buildings. Everything's mm-hmm. made out of concrete, mm. everything. Now, the nice part about that is mm-hmm. when you have a flat top roof. Yeah. So when it rains, yeah, you just push the water down the stairs, down the staircase, out the front door. No way. Yeah. I was in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Get this. <laughs> We were staying at an Airbnb because the girl's current current house, mm-hmm. every time we move, we move them further away from the slum. Okay. Harder to access anything from the old life. Sure. Harder to go back. So in that part of the neighborhood, we actually stayed in an Airbnb for a little bit. The first 
night we were there. Mm-hmm. There's water um, on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. You have to turn on a pump mm-hmm. to pump it up to the second floor yeah. so you can get a shower. Mm-hmm. We turn on the pump, the hose blows off of it. Okay. Water. Water's just, <sighs> yeah. I mean, gallons. Yeah. Through the wall. Yeah. It's all concrete. Sure. We call the guy up. I mean, uh-huh. I turn the pump off and it's yeah, still yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'll be there in a minute. He comes. It's like, so we had to leave. We're, we're going to the to the girl's place for a meeting. Uh-huh. Um, how long are you going to be gone? We can't come back. The place, just, the second floor just flooded. Yeah. How are we going to, he's like, no. When are you thinking about, we're just going to do the laundry. Mm-hmm. When do you think about being back? Mm-hmm. Like, tonight? Yeah. Gallons of water. Yeah. Second story through the roof. Sure. Through a wall. Yeah. Um, it's all concrete. Yeah. He got up on the roof, uh-huh. reattached the hose to the pump, clamped it back down, tested it. Uh-huh. We're good. You're, yeah. Water's back on. <clears throat> Just squeegee the squeegee water out the all. front door. Yeah. It's all concrete. Yep. <laughs> wow. So hold. But that was a that was a nice place. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's a different world. But anyway, um, we're always looking to add girls mm-hmm. as many as we as we can financially and uh, and have space for. So. The um, girls, before they're in high school, they go to day school. In high school, they go to boarding school. Um, we've actually had really Where good, they stay there. They stay there. For the for three months. Three months. Okay. Come back home for yeah. one month. We've had actually pretty good success for three reasons. One, we found some schools that we really like. They know how to treat the girls. They know how to keep a secret. Okay. Um, is that a problem to the girl? Does that get out and the girls you have, find out you have peer a, pressure really bad? If you have, if you find out you have, well, some of it's just all the teenage girl stuff, but yeah. you find out how you have a bunch of us supporters, uh-huh. like for the girls in our program, like I could, I could tell them, you know, there's 350 people who've contributed to your educational sure. um, process. So <clears throat> that can be trouble for the girls. Mm-hmm. Girls in boarding school who have been sent there by their Kenyan families mm-hmm. find out that a girl is there, missed three years of school, is from the slum. Yeah. How she was found. They put the dots together. Oh, and man. the dots. And, and they are ruthless. Really? So we've got some places Just where- Just bullying the girls? Oh. And so teachers keep some some secrets for us. Mm. And it's been helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, There are a couple of places where- uh, Kenya is, it, it's a mile wide and an inch, an inch deep, mm-hmm. doctrinally and theologically. Sure. But the schools, although they're not free, they're also not government run. Mm. They, uh, the tests that you have to pass to make sure you can move on are government issued. There's definite gov- government oversight. I'm sure they get any kind of money. That is moving around from place to place. But the boarding schools that we have the girls in, they all have a Bible class. Like They got an hour a day of like Sunday school. Wow. Six days a week. That's and great. then chapel on Sunday. <clears throat> yeah. So, is it pretty straightforward, doctrinally basic Bible stuff? Or do they get now, off into the weeds and start? When you've got people for four years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 
pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Nobody takes any risks. I don't think it's particularly deep sure. either. But it's, it's better than what it's kids not, in public school in America get. <laughs> it's not nothing. Yeah. It's not I mean, they are literally like you can you can get the class scheduled, like here's what we're doing in math and here's what we're doing in English. Yeah. And this month is first Samuel. Mm-hmm. And like that's what they're doing at school. Right. So that's helpful. But think of it this way. You got a house mother, you got two house mothers uh, and a caseworker and two eighth graders mm-hmm. living in the house. And so landlord's like, well, that's, I mean, you know, whatever. That's, I mean, kind of an odd combination, but what do I care? They're paying mm-hmm. the rent. Then on the off months, you have four more girls that show up. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, they're high school girls then, obviously. Like everybody, the whole country runs exactly the same. It's the same three in one schedule. Every school. Okay. So they all know what's going on. Okay, the kids are back home. Well, there's there's more girls there. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. That's weird. Then, for one week a year... Uh, a whole bunch of white people from America Americans show up. show up. Yeah. And we're in and out of the house all day long. Huh. And then rent goes up by 200 bucks. <laughs> right? So that um, there's not a lot of restrictions sure are helpful <laughs> yeah for us that way so we move further and further out housing and finance just money are the two things that sort of restrict us on how many girls we're able to have in the program at any one time sure so building the house on the property is going to help us out with both of those oh yeah um we actually we did some math. I, I'm fond of saying we're not in the business of saving money. We're in the business of saving girls. Mm-hmm. And so to buy the land, to drill the well, to build the structures on the land is mm-hmm. going to cost some money. But we're actually going to the, – the cost per girl is going to be cut by about 25% once we get once the, you're completed. Once we get the first house built. Mm-hmm. Now, 25% it's about 1500 bucks per girl yeah per year oh that adds up adds up real fast yeah so i'm actually pretty um i'm pretty hopeful mm-hmm. about the future the near-term future is drill the well get it rolling build a concrete block around that thing so nobody can yeah. come steal it build the wall and then once the wall is up, we can break ground. We're going to build a, a series of yeah, homes. Yeah, Blythe was saying you changed the plan a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's going to be one one big old place. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, she was buying vitamins mm-hmm. for the girls before this last trip. She's taking over these vitamins. Okay. Um, I, don't, I, I don't have a lot of work with the hands-on day-to-day, like, mm-hmm. Blythe is talking with the girls. We've got another um, young lady named Tennille who's like, she's discipling the girls. She's on the phone for an hour and, and all that stuff. I, I'm not, I, I'm not involved in that stuff as much. So Blythe is buying these vitamins and she just stops mm-hmm. and a thousand yard stare. She's all glazed over. Like, Blythe, what are you? Like, we can't put all those girls in one house. Like, well, yeah, I know you can. Mm-hmm. High school girls, only 30 of them. Sure. <laughs> but it, it dawned on her, like, she's trying to buy all these vitamins to try to, like, regulate their moods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's vitamins for 30 girls. 
<laughs> so it each individual house will have more like eight to 12. Yeah. Which is very comparable to what we have right now. Okay. So one small house mm-hmm. plus a dining area is going to be enough to move the entire current program onto the property. And then you can replicate that and build two or build, three more. Yep, we build more houses from there. So mm-hmm. that will allow us to get on the property much faster. Mm. As well as having a little bit more space. Yeah. A little bit more privacy. Not that from the slum you don't even know what that is. Oh yeah. But um just to be able to have some place to sit and study. Yeah. For a minute is helpful. So I could I could go for I could go for days, man, but we... So that's the newest update. Newest update. Well, we do have one new girl. Always exciting. Um, difficult family situation. They they all have them, but we've got... Um, her, her mother uh, is employed. Her older brother is having some problems, but we, we've got him hooked up with some, some help already um she is thriving finishing eighth grade Mm -hmm. so she'll get done with that um we got to have the well done by october 1st Mm -hmm. start to put a wall up after that gonna have a golf tournament out at adobe creek on the 14th of uh october good for you (laughs) you uh you and the boys want to man a couple of teams (laughs) so thank you everyone for joining us on the bible thumper podcast (coughs) Uh, no i've been talking to scott we're excited we got it all figured out good super thankful for your help from last year (laughs) i'm I'm glad i got the ball rolling no that was that was really successful and really fun yeah um so i'm looking forward to that i think i got that all all under control but um yeah, that's that's the near term. Um, we haven't really decided whether or not she's going to go back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, November, December is a good time to catch the girls at home. Let me ask you, you said on this last trip there were 12 of you? 12. Are that many people helpful, or is it also part of giving people from america and experience with foreign missions so like how many of those 12 were babysitting and how many of them were like helpful workers thank god Mm -hmm. on this particular trip Mm -hmm. i didn't do any babysitting okay now as the executive director i wouldn't expect you to oh right yeah like i'm above it or something beyond oh yeah yeah now i did plenty of coordinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we actually had a, uh, an entire family okay. of six mm-hmm. that went. And so that was, they were remarkable. Mm-hmm. Now, you are, you're definitely right in that, particularly for the program. And we're, we're upfront with people about this. Every, all 12 people who were there supplied strength to the program mm-hmm. because they were there. Great. All 12 of them experienced things that had nothing at all to do with the program sure. that were for their benefit. Yeah. So one nice thing about experience is that we have 
we've struggled through a lot of those things already. Yeah. And so we know how to, we do make people commit early mm-hmm. to be able to go. Like I kind of need to know by February, mm-hmm. March, if you're going to go you're next gonna summer. be on a plane in July, Yeah. because that gives me time. If it's somebody that I don't know, yeah, that gives me time to meet them, figure out what they're good at, yeah. and develop a plan for how they can help. So this being the, you know, close to the end of August, I can just let you know with six months notice, I will not be going this I, next summer. I'm going to have your name penciled on. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, there's Do you know how many people- times Blythe is brought up? She wants me to go just so she can see me there and laugh at me. <laughs> yeah, well, you would be an experience for her. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, Patrick, your head would explode. Just the driving. Yeah. If you have difficulty with people not paying attention while they're driving. Yeah. Here? Yeah. Now, everybody's paying attention, but it's yeah. because you will die if you are not. See, the driving doesn't bother me. I grew up driving in New York City. That's true. And I've driven in Mexico. Yeah. So for yeah. me, it's like, no, I'm, you know, that that wouldn't bother me. I think yeah. more, I think what Blythe was implying was that I have a way that I do things and I expect things to get done like, I know how to solve problems. Throw a pile of money at it. Oh, yeah. Like, we can get stuff done. Oh, you know? yes. In oh, yeah. construction, it's like, I've seen people throw a pile of money at a problem. It's like, guess what? Things happen. Yeah, it you went know? away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and in Kenya, it's not. that's not necessarily going to it's, it's, make it happen while you're there. It's still true, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't know how to. I haven't come up with a good way to describe how the mentality mm-hmm. of a group of people in an entire country yeah. could be so different. Um, efficiency mm-hmm. is like, you don't even, you don't even think I, about I've it. never even heard anyone talk about it. That's, that's not, that's not even a, not only is it not a goal, yeah. it's not even, a, it's <laughs> not, not even a, a concept. We understand concept. So not a lot of talk about synergy. Um, <laughs> consistency and this is what i told one of the guys uh, one of the guys that was with us is, um he's an awesome awesome guy but he, he's um he gets things done mm-hmm. um go type, getter type a yeah he can build a system yeah if you run the system it will work yeah and i i've told him that, like one of the first days we were there in fact it might have even be, been before we went yeah I said consistency mm-hmm. is not a value in this country and that you can see that everywhere. Um, you can have the same person drive the same car to come pick you up mm-hmm. at the same location mm-hmm. on three different days. Yeah. And even though no one else is parked anywhere, mm-hmm. they will like one time they'll park at the gas station. And one time they'll park in the parking lot that's four cars over. And another time they'll call you and tell you they're going to be there in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when they call, they're like, but they're actually a block or two over. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and they pull in backwards mm-hmm. to the parking lot that they're in, but too close to the next guy to them. So you can't get in the car mm-hmm. for no apparent reason at all. <laughs> And just just the fact, just the idea, like things that we teach ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Consistency, just no, 
no value at all. Hmm. What's what's this about? <laughs> Just because I harassed him a little bit the other night in a, while he was sitting in his car. But so it, it, it is... Um, For someone that's used to being a type A person, getting things accomplished, you know, putting a system in place, they, working hard yeah. and, and, you know, and, and making things happen. They have a system. Yeah. But it's, it is so inconsistent and ineffective that we look at it and we're like, there's no system there. Like I that, could make that the system better. is chaos. Like in three minutes, yeah, I could change this entire and place. Yeah. And like, yeah, you could, <laughs> but nobody, they don't know what you're talking about. So it's, um, it's a whole different culture. Yeah. It's a whole different way of living life. I love our talks once every year about Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, now, if there is a way for mm-hmm. me to go over there yeah. and kill a whole bunch of animals that live in the country. I know a guy. In order to help the ministry. Ooh. I would be willing to do that. That's one I haven't thought about yet. Well, if you, I know a guy who's done Big Five, okay. Um, and I mean, for me, it's like if I'm gonna go to Kenya, I'm gonna pay someone to drive me around in an air conditioned Range Rover and <laughs> right, right, shoot right. animals. And you're like, oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Man. Sure, sure, sure. You got it. Um, yeah, there there are ways to make it. it anything can happen in Kenya. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out who to pay the money to. Yeah, and you can make it happen. Um. But yeah, there's there's all kinds of uh, when you go to the airport, mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like DIA. No kidding. I mean, they've they've changed a lot over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. There was actually a fire there, but they've rebuilt a bunch of stuff, and you're like, I mean, this is it, it's a pretty decent place, yeah. but there, it's you know almost entirely white people mm-hmm. at then, the Kenyan airport. Oh yeah. People are flying in for safaris. So think about this. The bordering country to the east is Somalia. Mm-hmm. Beautiful pirates. <laughs> yeah. The bordering country <laughs> to the northwest is South Sudan. Mm-hmm. That's two, two of the three most corrupt places say, on the planet Earth. Some of the greatest places to get your head cut off. Um, Kenya is a former British colony. Mm-hmm. It is friendly to the West. Mm-hmm. They speak English as a primary language. Mm-hmm. They are not a fan of homosexuals. Not at all. <laughs> I've so, heard those laws. Major international hub airport of all of East Africa. Yeah. So if you're, if it's like, where's the easiest place that I could fly in and, and then get an a air conditioned flight or get a vehicle to yep, drive to wherever? Air conditioned Nairobi. Um, yeah, Land Cruiser yeah. to the Serengeti. Yeah. And see a giraffe. Yeah. Nairobi is your spot. No kidding. So tourists mm-hmm. in and out of there constantly. Mm. As soon as you drive out of the airport and you take their right hand turn toward Mathari. Yeah. Totally different. It's canyons world. everywhere. And yeah. that is it. Yeah. Um we're we're the only we're the only international team yeah. that stays in Moses' facility. Huh. Like sleeps the night there. Yeah. 
he has a bunch of teams that go and stay in a hotel and drive in for part of the day and sure we'll yeah. work with the kids oh and yeah. They'll, yeah they'll be at the daycare for a minute and yeah 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 i would feel i would be happy doing the like you know celebrity politician type five-star hotel in nairobi you know take a limo into the slums with my frappuccino oh yeah and like snap a picture with the kids and then get oh, back sure, on a plane sure, and put it absolutely. on instagram i could see myself doing that i think i could <laughs> put it on instagram <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. hashtag charity <laughs> 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 somebody's got to say it hey it happens all the time oh, man soul. all the time but um yeah no it's 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 a cool place they do have some they've got i'll tell you one of the biggest problems yeah they grow some of the best coffee in the entire world get out of here oh the elevation mm-hmm. the um the, the soil mm-hmm. super super red yeah I mean, uh, it, it is an amazing the Rift Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the some of the best places I've ever seen on the planet. Really? So you go up the mountain a ways. It, mm-hmm. You got to get to a certain elevation. Mm-hmm. Amazing coffee, but they export all of it. Sure. Well, somebody's paying money. Like I'm paying money for it. Yeah. So why so, would we sell it here? So when they don't we can, drink any. Yeah, it, we can sell it for top dollar to someone in america or someone in you sure, know sure. western europe so they don't drink any coffee really so it's like you can't in the slum oh they, yeah they've got chai and they got this tea stuff that they have but you can't you got to go into town to find find a cup of coffee so, so we, you, we bring stuff you, with us i was gonna say you yeah. just bring your own yeah bring your instant coffee bring in. instant coffee yep. with us hot boil, water boil a pot of water there you go good yeah. enough yeah it'll yeah. get me by but um yeah, we uh, it's so next uh, next summer will be ten years, ten year anniversary of sort of the the inception, like the idea, and then the first trip where we went to Kenya and said, "This is what we want to try to do." Yeah. So next summer is ten years from from that point. She was in high school. Wow. Um, so. We're, we got some got some plans working up toward then, but um, it's a crazy place. Yeah, there's people that are trying. Do you go ahead? Well, I, I was well, just going to ask a question, but it's not not important. Well, the, I'll bring the, it up. Yeah, the the only other thing I wanted to add is because of the nature of the work mm-hmm. and because of the position that the girls are coming from. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest things is. We don't have a spiritual maturity or like they don't have to be be saved Mm -hmm. to join the program. Yeah. And so we have girls who are being saved and baptized while they're in the program. Sure. As it's moving on. Sure. That is the best. Yeah. That is the best. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had a videographer go over with you and document? We have had um, several. Uh Uh-huh. And so one of the deals there is we always like to get new footage every year. Sure. Because everything changes so fast. Oh, yeah. Um, but we have had a couple of professional things done. They were um, the most professional thing that we had done was several years back. Mm-hmm. And that one was actually super unfortunate because he was a, he was a guy that was actually working in part of the, the Baptist world mm-hmm. um, in Denver. 
with some of the Colorado Southern Baptist mm-hmm. um, convention. Mm-hmm. He was scheduled to go for on a trip with us in January of, I don't even remember what year it was, five, five or six years ago at least. And um, he was flying out of, out of, he was somewhere else. I think he was flying, no, he flew west. He flew out of Denver to L.A. or Seattle or something and then flew over. We were supposed to fly from Denver and go east mm-hmm. to Boston, and there was a huge snowstorm, closed down everything, mm-hmm. and we couldn't get a flight. Mm-hmm. So he ended up over there. No way. And we never made it. So he's never been to the country before. Oh, my soul. Doesn't know anybody. We're, like, texting pictures of him to Moses. Like, yeah, this like, is the look guy for this guy. At the airport. Like, hold up a sign. And so he shows up, has no idea what he's looking at. Yeah. But then he's the one that's trying to to capture all this. Document. And no one's even over there to do the work. I'm calling him at 3 a.m., you know, like, yeah, that's Lydia. Get her story. Remember the list of questions? Ask them to her. Oh, my soul. Like, what else are you going to do? So we've got we've got millions of pictures, and we've yeah. got tons of video, and um so we got some things that we're working on to get, uh, you know, for the website. We're just we're yeah. always, always, always working on, you know, another picture and another website and another mm-hmm. this and that and the other videos to take to people. And now the other thing that's difficult, that's intense, mm-hmm. is um, when we're ready to add a girl. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to find them. Sure, but there are some places where. Well, this is a Bible thump, or I can just say it. You can say whatever you want here. Yeah, this this part I can just say. There are certain places, there are certain buildings, there are Mm -hmm. certain locations in town that we can find girls where we know for sure Mm -hmm. what they've been doing. Sure. Because if someone finds out about the program, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've got a 14-year-old girl, Uh they can coach them up on what to say. Even though they're oh, not actually they in prostitution. Lie. Absolutely. Because if we can get someone to pay for school and take care of our daughter and help her with everything. Not a single person yeah, has a problem run straight to your face. Yeah. So, which, so you and, figured out all the best places to find underage prostitutes is what you're saying. Zach King knows where to get underage uh, prostitutes. If now... The, I, just agree with yes. the statement yeah. oh yeah 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 and yes. then we'll move on so that, i need a soundbite yeah. <laughs> okay wait do it again do it again <laughs> this is for the shorts right uh, i hope no one from heart <laughs> yeah right they i tell they know exactly yeah well what do you i mean that's what you're out there looking for yes is girls in the sex trade to try to get them out of it so guess what i well, do guess where you, you have to find where the sex yeah. trade is <laughs> Now, because of the nature, because we want to try to help each individual girl so completely, mm-hmm. we don't do like paramilitary raids. Into yeah. a, we're not dragging 300 girls out yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, and getting them to another country where they can, yeah. yeah. We, are, we are identifying one, two, three girls at a time, mm-hmm. getting them a message, getting yeah. them to a position where, we, where our Kenyan staff can go have a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine... It, interviewing is difficult enough, but you're a 14 year old Kenyan girl. Yeah, and you have to and, make a decision. Well, and I sit down with you. 
yeah in a place you've never been in your own country and i'm like so tell me how much money you made last night sure what are you gonna say oh yeah right yeah so you have to get the locals that are in the program that live over there to be able to approach yeah. them and there's a process i'm sure yes yeah. yes i sit down and i'm like so tell me about your dad sure what are you gonna say oh yeah and she has no cons everybody knows about school fees yeah like especially in the slum but a bunch of people in school have you know bob and cindy from alabama that are writing the check once a month and mm-hmm. they write a little letter back and forth and, yeah and it's great yeah the kids need to be in school but so so they're thinking to themselves school fees okay they have no idea and i'm thinking in my mind like little girl yeah i know you're 14 years old mm-hmm. but if you tell me how many men have had sex with you yeah I can change your entire life. Your entire life, your entire future from this point forward. You can't say that. Sure. And they're not going to tell me that. Yeah. And so we have to have entirely other ways, but we don't take our American 21-year-old blonde girls sure. at one o'clock in the morning to XYZ location. Yeah. Sure. And so there's, so I do some things that mm-hmm. have some risk involved Yeah. To to identify some of these girls. Yeah. Um, I've got a small team of guys that, that work with me on some of those things. Uh, you, there are places where you can literally, I mean, it's like a movie. You yeah. can drive down the road sure, and there's 80 women there yeah. and you and go, you just go that, that one, one looks the youngest. Sure. Let's talk. And, let's have her. Yep. Here you go. Here's the money. And it's so-and-so's phone number yeah. and call and I can meet you at XYZ and yeah. 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 But it, um, it's, it's rewarding. We're, we're far enough down the line now mm-hmm. that we've seen girls completely change their life. Oh, yeah. They've gone all the way through. They're about to graduate college. I mean, you've seen it work for so many years. It's been a decade. And they have so many people. Like, I, I don't know you're joking, but they have so many people that show up. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're there for four minutes. And here's you know, 20 bucks. And it's like, it's the most money they've ever seen in life. And it's a picture and gone forever. Huh? When, when like I've Blythe has been, I don't even know how many times Blythe has been there. Yeah. I've been in Nairobi boots on the ground, I think maybe 11 times or so. Mm -hmm. So one of the girls in this last trip said like, she was 16 Mm -hmm. when we found her and she knew it was the best opportunity she would ever get. Oh yeah. But it's even been, She's in her, she's 23 now, Mm -hmm. maybe seven years. And she told us on this trip, it's like the fact that you keep on coming back. Yeah. And all the people I've seen fail out. Yeah. And all the things that you told me were true. Yeah. Have come to pass. It's actually worked. And here I am. Like, I cannot believe that this is real. I can't yeah, believe that this, that this has followed, is real. that there's been follow through on all the promises. She lives in her own apartment. Yeah. She she's weaning off. She's got a job that pays pays the rent at the apartment. Mm-hmm. She's getting ready to graduate college. And uh, so now we're at a point where there's girls who are toward the end. Mm-hmm. Now when girls who are toward the end mm-hmm. talk to a 14-year-old girl. And that was my that was one of my follow-ups was can these girls be used to oh, help with recruitment you know for this program the second that the two girls who are furthest along got it 
and trusted it and were in college and could see the light at the end of the tunnel, the second that they started telling the younger girls that, yeah, the strength in the entire program just went through the roof. Through the roof. Because now they have someone with experience, with firsthand experience, who's gone through the whole thing and they can look back and be like, you know, it totally works. Yeah. Like, tell, let me tell you my story about yeah. my aunt mm-hmm. and like, let me tell you where I started. Yeah. And I could sit down and tell you, sure. like you said, I'm 14 years old and it's like, like we're, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. But and she can sh- like, oh yeah, I went to that high school. Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. Four years? Yep. And that has been monumental yeah so so you're starting to see the beginning of uh generational success mm-hmm. so that's real exciting it is <clears throat> love to get those girls married to a water baron <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i was just thinking you know um there's still so many more things you are yet to see like uh, them get a great job offer for some amazing job, you know, then yeah. get married, then yeah. have a family, you know, you get to see all those things, which are going to be very exciting in the future. Yes. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they'll want to and be able to stay involved with the program, you know, and help it out. You'll actually be able to have an alumni uh a pool of alumni and yes. who knows, yes. maybe you have an endowment at some point. You know? There's there is growth potential yeah. that is just enormous. Sure. All the way through. Well, we are uh we're we've been here a long hour time. Hour and forty five minutes. Yeah. Uh someone's bothering us on Facebook Live. Let me try to kick this riff raff yeah. off. What what are you jokers talking about? They just said hey, that's it. I th- I found the comment completely inappropriate. So we're just gonna <laughs> block her from following bible thumper at any point in the future there you go perfect all right so ladies and gentlemen once again this is zach king uh as a representative of uh she has a name you can find them on she has a name dot info and uh, get on the website and see if you can uh partner up with them and be a help and i want to thank everybody for coming out and joining us on the bible thumper podcast where somebody's got to say it we are on here almost every single sunday night usually very close to starting at 7 p.m mountain time 8 p.m central and if you go to biblethumperpodcast.com you can find all of our info you can hook up with us on our youtube channel our facebook page you can get on spotify or apple or google podcast and you can listen to Uh, our podcast wherever you go to listen to podcasts please download share rate subscribe Uh, all of those things help us tremendously okay so you want to hear this i'm not even kidding you this is worth joking about (laughs) so i didn't bring this up yet so i'm gonna zach knows the story but i'm gonna bring this up in front of everybody just because it was so funny so at church on friday night oh yeah 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 a fella who has been listening to the podcast visited our church on Friday night. First time this has ever happened. Yeah. This guy just walks on in and is like, Hey Patrick. (laughs) Okay. Cause he's seen the videos. He's been listening to us on Spotify (laughs) because he's so he, for, for his work, he's all around the country driving a lot and he's on the road and he listens to the podcast and 
he just so happened he had to be in Colorado for some work and he's like oh I'm going to be near Grand Junction I'm just going to swing on by and I'll visit them at church I might as well yeah wonderful man he and i got to hang out a bunch we got to go get dinner that night and the next morning we got to hang out with some of the guys from church for breakfast and we went and played pickleball and we we just hit it off this guy was phenomenal um i'm just disappointed he won't be able to come back too much and visit because he's only you know uh coming by here every so often because of his schedule but we were catching up after church i was like i told my wife i was like oh i'm gonna take the car and i'm gonna go get a pizza with this fella and we're gonna you know chit chat and and catch up uh you know and my wife could take the kids home in the suv so we go out and we're sitting and having pizza and he's asking questions about oh how'd you get started and i was like oh how'd you hear about us and the whole thing and he's from a small you know independent baptist church down in texas he and i like you know just really hit it off think the same you know very funny personable guy and good looking uh, and yeah, the whole thing right <laughs> yeah the whole package i mean if he's, if he's a bible thumper podcast listener he's obviously you know well put together attractive successful yeah, young man yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway we're just we're just having a good time and and um I was explaining to him like, yeah, you know, one of the goals is that the podcast can one day generate some income Yeah. because if you grow your YouTube channel, if you grow your podcast, if you, you can get advertisers to sponsor, you know, and, uh, you can make money, you know, I mean that Joe Rogan, right? Sure. Guy, yeah. I don't know how much money he has. I'm assuming he has a hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah. he, he makes a you know obscene amount Bra- of money, Brazilians, yeah, of dollars. of dollars. Okay, well that's from his advertisers because hundreds of millions of people listen to his show. He's wildly successful. Advertisers are willing to pay to get in front of all these yeah people. So he was asking me. He's like, so what do you got to do, you know, to achieve that goal? And I said, well, uh, with YouTube you know, you, you don't get, you can't even break into, um, getting advertisers and getting monetized until you have a thousand subscribers. And he's like, Oh, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. You, you know, you gotta be right there or close to that. I laughed as like, I have 71. (laughs) Okay. My YouTube channel has 71 subscribers. Wow. And I was like, I can't get my mother (laughs) to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know what he says, man, I should probably go on your YouTube channel. I I was like, dude, you're a fan. Like you are not only a fan of the podcast, you come to our church when you live in another state because you happen to be in the area. Right. I was like, that's my point. So you are not even a subscriber. You're not one of the 71. Why can't I make it in this industry? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because I can't get my actual fans to go. You have to go to a website and click one button. That's what you have to do to help Patrick out with his dream. Like, I'm not even asking everyone to send me money every month. Zach, are you a subscriber? Tell the people right now, are you a subscriber? Sure. So you're one of the 71. I don't even know if Caleb is. No, let me look. I don't think I am on... um, I don't... So I listen... 
Oh, what do you listen? Um, do you listen Apple. on Apple because oh, you're an okay. Apple guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go to the Apple podcast and just be a subscriber. So when the the things come out, it gives you a little notification ding. Better look and see if you uh, if anybody popped on there and hit that button. Yeah. During your. Yeah. No kidding. I wasn't ready for that. Usually oh, I'm ready for the rant. So <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was like the biggest, you know clarifying moment in my failure as a podcaster oh, is like awesome. i can't even get my actual fans to well, go to a website and <laughs> click one button like that's all it takes well it's the website that they're on already too to yeah to listen so oh, that's yeah. pretty good now but you do um what was it you were telling me that the average podcast last like one oh, okay yeah or? so when you do the numbers okay my podcast is actually wildly successful now that is based on numbers so okay so let me let me ask you this we're we're just going to keep going okay it it was a great outro we started but we're just going (laughs) to forget all that so zach did i give you the numbers Uh, because i went over this for last week's message now i never got to it but in polling less than 50% of all Christians polled, and this was in 2018, 19, 20, and 21. Okay, four different years, they Mm -hmm. did the same poll. And what they found was less than 50, or the bottom 50% of Christians read their Bible an average of three times or less in a year. I was afraid you were going to say a year. Okay, now. So 50%. 50%. No, no, no. I think it was four times a year. So they read their Bible four times a year. Now, one third of those polls said they never read their Bible. Zero times a year is what they, that's what they do. Wow. Okay, so it was only 17% above that one third that read their bible four times in a year so if you want to be an above average christian in america today you need to read your bible five times a year a year a year that's where we are in America, the great Christian nation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that shines some light on some things. Oh, yeah. 50% was four or less. Yeah. And it was and actually, thir- cl- it was closer to like, I think it was like 53, 54% were um, four times or less. And then an additional. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. One third. Oh, one, one third of One that. third. Not one third of that. So out of 54%, yeah. subtract you know, 21%. Right, right, right. Okay, so one-third, 33%, zero. The next step up, the next 21% that we add to the third to make 54% is four times a year. So to be an above-average Christian in America today, you need to read your Bible five times a year. Go to five. Yeah. So um, just to give you an idea of what we're up against. So... How easy do you think it is to be a Christian podcaster? (laughs) It's a joke. It's a joke. Nobody wants to hear the Bible. Nobody wants to be confronted with the truth. Sure. 
No, nobody dead sure wants some idiot screaming at them about how they're a moron and they have to get their life right with God. Okay, that's just, I mean, that's, not, you know, so, so anyway, okay, so with, with the statistics, that's what we, we were starting with. So based on statistics, my podcast is a wildly successful podcast. Because of the episodes. Because the statistics are so pathetic. Not because I'm actually wildly successful. Right. Because wildly oh, successful wow. for a Christian is reading your Bible five times a year, but sure. nor you or I would say that that makes a successful Christian. So the average podcast, which I, it was, I think it was like 95%. It might have been 99%. Yeah. It was something insane like that. Have one episode one episode people do one episode and they never go back to it then another you know whatever the remaining number was whether it was five percent or one percent nine out of ten of those fall off after 10 episodes wow so my podcast which is over 150 episodes which you know keep in mind compared to very successful podcasts uh, is a lot less now joe rogan does doesn't he do five a week doesn't he do monday through oh, friday gosh i don't even know you know and then when you think of like a radio personality like the glenn beck program yeah um he does i think six a week he does five radio programs and then he does one interview that's a podcast you know um uh you're welcome with michael malice is another one that i really like that one you know they only do i think one a week you know so it depends on the type of podcast obviously the guys that are doing their podcasts um for a living you know uh they're going to be doing them every day yeah. uh, we put out one episode a week and then we also put our church's messages up on our podcast yeah. so yeah. once we're done with a series of preaching we'll dump you know anywhere between you know five to 20 episodes up all at once which is a book of the bible or something like yeah, that yeah. so i mean we're doing a little more than one a week but I, our podcast is wildly successful, and it's certainly wildly successful as a Christian podcast just based on the fact that we haven't given up. So the, the exponential growth mm -hmm. toward making money at a podcast, yeah, like the, the number of people who actually do that must be incredibly small it's pathetically small i mean it's so ridiculously small but people are just wandering around listening to podcasts all day long they're all listening to the same ones no but if you think about it there's only room for so many tv shows to be you know extremely sure, sure. successful yeah, yeah so what you end up with is so you you have um people that were already very successful in some other field so you were a very successful athlete you were a very successful author right. and you ended up being a public speaker maybe you were a pastor that has a church of three four thousand people every sunday well someone that has that many people you have to remember they also have an online presence of who knows how much um so it's a lot easier to get something going you could go to a news program or a newspaper that's nationally known 
and they can have a website, a YouTube channel, a podcast, and it has amazing numbers Yeah, because they're already People whoever, know. you know, yeah, they're the Washington Post or, you know, whoever, yeah, you, you know. know where to find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so when you're dealing with someone that does not have fame from anything else in his life and is trying to get a podcast going that is a subject that let's face it people are just not beating down your door to get to which sure. is conservative bible teaching you're just not starting from a great place yeah. but zach i'll tell you what this is what my listeners say which obviously is going to be the most glowing yeah, um yeah, yeah. you know uh review of our podcast they said you're the only podcast i can you're the only christian podcast i've ever found that i liked wow and zach i'll be honest i had one guy tell me he's like go ahead and try to find one i was like okay i couldn't oh i bet you <laughs> everyone that i listened to made me want to blow my brains out yeah and it's a lot of stuff that's just a uh, very non-confrontational you know nothing's going to ever offend you you know they're not it's not thus saith the lord it's not hard very straight clear black and white thus saith the lord this is the bible you know get on board or you're an idiot it's all you know soft soap whitewashed you know there's gotta nonsense. be some good teaching though i mean there's good teachers there are yeah but you got you so I have not, I'm sure there's, I know the idea that, you know, my Christian podcast is the only, you know, good one they found. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean it's the only good one that's sure, out there. Sure, sure, sure. I have tried to find one, not very hard, but I've looked around. And when I started searching for Christian podcasts, I started with the top however many, and I listened to a bunch of them. And here... Zach, here's what I do. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I scroll through and I find some real controversial topics and I listen to those. Oh, okay. And that's how I base that podcast. They're so intense, man. Did they take a serious stance for the Bible or did they not? And if they don't, I write Just them off as a on. joke. Yeah. yeah. Move on to the next you thing. know, why do I need to listen to that? That's everywhere. You know, what, what? I need one more person telling me the Bible's not that big a deal. I don't have to take it seriously. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, that Christianity is everywhere. So when I've gone around and looked, you know, I haven't been able to find a bunch. I found some podcasts that I really, you want to know what I like the most? I like it when I find a pirated podcast of a pastor who died before podcasts existed <laughs> and it ended up being the guy in the sound room that had 250 cassette tapes <laughs> of this pastor and he digitizes those and yeah. he puts one up a week and he pays the 20 bucks a week to keep the thing on <laughs> or not a week but 20 bucks a month to keep the thing going and it's a podcast of a pastor that's been dead for 40 years. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I get to listen to all of his sermons and I'm like, wow, this guy can rip it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, like, this is amazing Bible yeah. teaching. Oh, this is great. So I found podcasts that, you know, 
I don't know who owns those sermons. I mean, who owns my sermons at my church? I have no idea. Does our church own them? Do I personally own them? I don't know. And when I die, you know, who's in charge of them? Yeah. What happens? But somebody took it upon themselves. They're like, no, I love, you know, I love my pastor. He's a great preacher. I'm putting it up on a podcast. Someone will want to hear it. And I do. And I have some friends that have done the same thing. And they told me, they're like, oh, you got to listen to Jay Vernon McGee. I'm like, who's oh, he? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. okay, you've heard the name. Yeah, I know Jay Vernon McGee. You know, and so you can find podcasts like that where I'm like, wow, you know, this guy's really good. It is it is difficult. It's a sign of the times. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. If someone is going to be, if someone is going to be like a prophet, they are going to have fewer followers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then if they are going to be like a false prophet, the false prophets went to the King and they said, Hey, everything's great. God loves everything you're doing. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. They were just, he, yes, he man. Wipe out Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> And then one guy shows up and he is different from the however many false prophets that were there, you know, and guess what? They don't like him very much. Sure. So, and I am really not trying to say like, oh, I'm the true prophet or, you know, my podcast is the one and only place. But it's not what people are looking for. No, I'm just saying that it is not a popular message. And that has been the case from the time of Moses onward. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping someone goes to um, Patreon. You know, we have a Patreon page now. I never advertise it. But if someone, yeah, if someone went to my website, someone could support us if they wanted. (laughs) I need a lot of that in order to be able to, you know, take some more time off and actually do what I want. Unfortunately, I work as a plumber and a general contractor, and I'm probably going to do that the rest of my life. And that's okay. Saving lives. You got it. Saving (laughs) lives. (laughs) You got to find that quote. If you can find that. I think I'm pretty sure that was Jordan Peterson. Really? But he did it sort of offhanded. No, I don't doubt it. I'll still was, put it on a well, t-shirt. He was trying to convince young men to go to, to trade go school. And, yeah, to yeah. go to trade school and be a plumber. You save more lives than doctors do. So he's like, you'll save lives. Yeah. Because you got flush it. toilets. That's right. Sanitation, I, I baby. I remember the first time I heard it, though, I was like, oh, that, man, that is, is so absolutely right. true. <laughs> that is so right. It's totally true. But have your, have your, toilet stop working (laughs) yeah try that for a day i was listening to oh who's the guy the dirty jobs guy Um, oh yeah 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 Um, i can't think of his name everyone knows who micro 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 yeah yeah love micro i was listening to him and he was being interviewed and and, you know and i mean he has a pretty singular message like um there there's a need in this country for um people to be in the trades and it's not being pushed and he said he said, here's the great part. Pretty soon, everyone's going to be preaching my message. And the interviewer's like, what do you mean? He said, pretty soon, everyone's going to be saying, you need to go to trade school. He said, how's that going to happen? He says, that's easy. Your toilet doesn't work, and you got to wait six months for a plumber. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. He says, when your air conditioning goes out, when you, when you, when you need a plumber, how long do you want to wait for one? And the guy's like, well, I don't want to wait. I want the guy there today. And he's like, yeah, but right now you're going to wait an average of a month. Because nobody can get You got it. He said next year it's going to be three months. 
He says the number of plumbers that are dying and retiring every day in this country, they're not being replenished. He said, so, you know, you're going to, you're going to need to wait. And he said, at some point, everyone is going to be saying, we need more people to do this. Yep. So you can flush a toilet if you got a bucket of water. Oh yeah. You can just pour, pour it right, right down the in there and yep. But guess what happens when the toilet starts filling up and you don't have any water left either. Oh yeah. Yeah. You go running. You hope that it's a house made of concrete like you, in Kenya. You, you, I've learned some things in Kenya. <laughs> I've learned some things there. But yeah, that's uh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a young kid, think about going to, to trade school. All right, everyone. We're at the over the two-hour mark. Zach, nice. thank you for joining us. Always. And uh, please join us every Sunday night around 7 p.m. You can comment live if you get on Facebook or YouTube and watch us. And I think next week it's going to be my, no, my wife was on last week because you couldn't do last week. So I think next week I'm going to be by myself and I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. I got a couple things um, that I'm working on. So it'll be, I don't know, it'll happen. I don't know if it'll be great. (laughs) I don't want to make any promises. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll catch you next week.